Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and welcome back to Recovery Guy Podcast. It is a good day because we are going to uh, discuss step five. And uh, I'm so excited. Uh, you know, I, I love the steps. I've lived the steps for so, so long, almost 35 years of understanding the value that the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous have meant to me. And in that window of time, I've been a part of so many different approaches to recovery and wellness, not only a number of 12-step groups, as so many of you know, all incorporating the foundational truths that we find in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, but also religious-based um, programs grounded in the Bible as well as various treatment modalities, and then even approaches that I have learned and adopted from different instructors and speakers and health professionals along the way that don't change my appreciation um, or my approach to recovery, but it enhances it. It, it causes it to grow out as I am growing deep, and I hope you find that for you as well. However, anyone in recovery needs to understand the value of steps, of directions, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but again, huge shout out to my daughter, Carol, who was my challenger, my accountability in doing these steps. Um, as many of you know, uh, back in November, uh, I did uh, a podcast called Steps for Life, and my daughter Carol, who's just a great friend, as well as as well as my uh, adult child, who uh, the the blessing of having adult children be your friend, and I'm fortunate uh, to be friends with all five of uh, my children, really challenged me to do this. So we're digging a little bit deeper. Um, on page 35 of the 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous, and by the way. I use the 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous as really the foundational uh, learning tool um, for the 12 steps of recovery. Uh, and so I, I suggest if you're going to follow these steps along the way, if you don't have a 12 and 12, find a 12 and 12 and get a 12 and 12. If you don't know where to find it, message me. I'll direct you. Uh, if you know where to find it but can't afford it, message me and I will send you one. Uh, I really believe in this so much. So you can find me at Instagram, recovery underscore guy, uh, or you can just email me, robert at recoveryguy.org. Let me know. You don't even have to give me a situation. Just say, would you please send me a, a 12 and 12 and I'll know exactly what you're talking about and I'll get that to you. I'll just drop ship it to you through Amazon. 
and I'll get it to you in a matter of days. That's how important I think you are and how important I think this book is. On page 35 of the 12 and 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous, it states, when it comes to ego deflation, few steps are harder to take than five. But scarcely any step is more necessary to long-term sobriety and peace of mind than this one. Don't you love that? It's saying how difficult it is, but how necessary it is. It's difficult. We need to get past that because we have to understand the necessity. So as we go through the steps, everyone is important. Everyone touches each other as being required or necessary. Again, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. But understand, as my friend and sponsor Slow Will would say, the only alternative suggestion, right? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. The only alternative suggestion is to go back out. Get a belly full of your condition. And then maybe when you come back, you'll be sweetly reasonable. So if my suggestions or my options are to relapse and maybe never come back, hit another bottom that may lead me into a spiraling cycle that I'll never return from, or being sweetly reasonable now and make the suggestions more than just a suggestion, because a suggestion implies that I have an option. Hey, we're just suggesting you don't have to do it. But then again, in how it works on chapter five, it says, we beg of you with all the earnestness at our command. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And this step is no different. I beg of you to be so honest in step four when you made a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. To be so honest there because now you can be honest with others here. Step five is we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Here's what it says in the 12 and 12 also. When we are honest to another human being, we are being honest to God. And obviously, we are sharing this information we are speaking truth that we wrote down in step four because that's where we get the information, right? So, so admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. What wrongs? The wrongs that we uncovered in step four where we made a searching and fearless moral inventory, which was really an extension of understanding our uh, unmanageable life in our powerlessness over that addiction, that drug, or that behavior, right? So we have step one, when we start to uncover these things and look at our life in a totality, uh, in a totality, we write them down in step four, and we subsequently share them in step five. 
So what is a step? Let's really break this down so we understand what we're doing here. Step is defined as a movement made by lifting the foot and setting it down again in a new position. The implication is we're moving forward. It's accompanied by a shifting of the weight of the body in the direction, don't you love this, in the direction of the new position. And the new position is step six. So every step, so when I take step one, I'm, I'm lifting up my, my, my foot as a metaphor for my life, my decision, my, my emotional, my physical, my spiritual, and my mental movement, and I'm setting it down again in a new position, which is a new direction, which is what? Step two. I take step two, and I'm doing the same thing as I'm taking that step. I'm simultaneously directioning myself, shifting my weight in the new direction of step three, and then step four. And now we are at step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. And again, to the depth and the degree that I am honest with another human being, I am being honest with God as I understood God, right? So if I am relying on God to be the answer to all of my problems, right? We stood at the turning point. We asked his care and protection with complete abandon. Again, half measures availed us nothing. So now we are taking these steps. And I love the three pertinent ideas. If you've never read chapter five in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, regardless of what 12-step program you're involved in, I recommend that you do it. Because at the end of the 12 steps, it talks about three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic, right? And you can substitute any word for alcoholic there. A, we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism and see that God could and would if he were sought. And that's what we're doing here in step five to a degree of accountability that we have not experienced before. Because admitting is a verb and it means to allow to enter, to grant or afford entrance. So what I'm doing here is I'm allowing God to have a deeper part of my life because now I'm incorporating or adding an, an outside human element. You with me on there? Do you understand the significance of that? Granting someone entrance into my life was so refreshing. Step five, check this out. Step five is the first step that directly involves another person. Look at it. Step one, I'm just admitting to me. What, what am I admitting? My powerlessness over my behavior or my addiction, my, my drug of choice, and my life has become unmanageable. I don't have to 
share that with anyone. That's just me understanding my bottom. And then number two is just another open-mindedness step where I'm just, I'm coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And step three is just about me, a step of willingness where I became willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. I don't have to share that with anyone. That's just me. That's just Robert letting Robert know his condition, the hope, and then the direction we're moving into in step three, even step four. I'm, I'm, I'm never indicated to share that, share at that moment with anyone. I just make a fearless moral inventory of myself. I'm just, I'm just doing that with me. Obviously, I'm going to want to get some direction and some guidance from my sponsor or confidant or my counselor. So, so they can relate because a lot of times it'll talk about being hung up on things. If you read about the, the four step, maybe we get a little hung up and we're afraid to write things down or can't write things down or don't know how to frame it. You know, we'll talk to our friend, our counselor, our confidant, hopefully someone who's had this type of um, internal um, accountability to, to face who they are, what they've done and, and the causes of that. And then they recount their experience to us, come alongside of us and recount their experience. And then we can, it frees us up to almost to give us permission so we know we're not alone and we write these things down. And then we come to step five. And now understand the importance of this because I am becoming more accountable in a tangible sense because now I'm including someone who is tangible. God is a spirit, right? We worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, I, I can see God's handiwork, but I can't see God. God is a spirit. God is an image. God is a, what, what I conjure up, a connotation. It's a truth that I know if it's not there, I, I read a book years ago as, as a salesperson, and it was called Selling the Invisible. And, and the invisible is service, right? You can't see it, but you can see the results of service. Same with God. God is invisible. We can see God's handiwork in others and in creation, nature, people, circumstances, results. We can see God's handiwork but we can't see God. So it's an intangible relationship. But now I go outside to you, right? Now it deepens my degree of accountability. My act of addiction was so, was brought on really uh, and, and deepened by my lack of accountability. It really was. So understanding that the first four steps do not require accountability is a real distinction between them and step five, which if not approached properly can make step five even more challenging. So I'm admitting, again, admitting is a verb to allow to enter grant or afford entrance. Accountability 
is vital for recovery to take place and increasing my degree of accountability allows it to take further hold and then plant itself in my life so it becomes an integral part of my recovery. And it grows deeper and deeper and deeper. I And, and step five, when we do it right, we are letting go. And that's why today's podcast, step five, is subtitled, Letting Go. I am releasing. I am admitting. I am sharing. I'm, I'm inviting someone else into the most scary and deepest parts of Robert Pardon that in all likelihood I've never shared with anyone before. One of the reasons I've never shared it with anyone before is I never wanted anyone to know how afraid or how scared or lonely I really was. I was I I want I was so afraid of that that I was willing to die to not share it. And so now when when I realize that I never really wanted to die when I understand it it was only that I didn't know how to live, right? Don't you find that to be true in your life or or the lives of those you've come in contact with? You know, outside of a fatal overdose or driving off a cliff or or all the other ways that uh, alcoholics or drug addicts or people with other addictive behaviors, anorexia, bulimia, so on, uh, you know, suicides because of porn addicts and, and suicide because of uh, uh, compulsive gamblers, you know, how we lose our life. We never really wanted to die. Again, we just didn't know how to live. And letting go in step five, as we grant someone entrance into our life, is really an indicator that we're ready to set everything aside and move forward with our life. Again, because it's the first opportunity we have had to include someone else other than God, someone tangible, someone that we can be accountable to, because again, in step four, we're only as sick as our secrets. And in step five, we release them. We we let them go. You know, did you ever, um, I know that they have some therapies where you, you, you take your secrets and you write them down on a piece of paper or your pain or what have you, and you and you put them inside a, a a balloon and they fill the balloon with helium, and then on this memorable day they you know they have this emotional ceremony and and then we release the balloons and 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 with the balloons right or or you take something and you put it in a bottle and you throw it into the ocean and the tide takes it out and 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 it's designed to never show back up in that place again right it's going to wash ashore somewhere eventually uh but just like that balloon it, it it's it's designed to float away to not mean anything to really, really release it and it's a symbolic nature it's a symbolic gesture 
of of letting go, of releasing the weight, of 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 sharing those secrets so we won't be as sick as we were when we first got to the program, right? So that is what we do in step five. We admit to God because God is our higher power. And again, whatever higher power, whatever source of strength you find, providing it makes sense, right? Some people say, well, my higher power is a doorknob. Well, whoop-de-doo, right? What, what, what the heck is a doorknob? You know, a doorknob doesn't create. A doorknob can't save you. A doorknob can't, is really not designed to do anything unless you do something to it, right? A higher power needs to operate under a power that we don't even understand, that can do things for us that we aren't capable of doing for ourselves. So when we talk about that power can be whatever makes sense to you, I often like to go back to Bill's story. Uh, Bill Wilson, co-founder of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, along with uh, uh, Bob. And so they talked about an, an experience that Bill had when he realized, he sat at the table and he realized that this power could be whatever he wanted it to be. And, and, and he talks about standing in the, I think it's the, the, the icy shadows of intellectual self. I'm paraphrasing. And, and it says he stood in the sunlight at last because he realized that there was this power of the universe, this creative force who could do for him what he could not do for himself. And that is so much of what we do and what we're releasing to, and we're gradually moving toward it as we're introduced to that higher power in step two as just an idea, as just something can make the madness stop and reverse it. And then in step three, we make this decision to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him collectively and individually. And then step three or step four, making a fearless moral inventory. Morality is of God because we're looking at right and wrong and truth, right? So we write those things down. And then in step five, we're really allowing, we're affording God entrance into our life as a result of admitting and then we're increasing our level of accountability as we are sharing this with another human being. Now, for me, that was my sponsor, Jack. By that time, by the time I'd gotten back to the program after my relapse, uh, and I was just had Max for a couple months before he moved again, and then I came upon Jack. And so Jack was my obvious choice. There were a number of people who were influential in my sobriety, you know, Eddie and Buddy and Steve and Scott, Texas Mike, uh, Russian Ted, uh, Tom Bennett. There were a number of people who were very important to me and very instrumental, but no one knew me like Jack did. Jack F. died of cancer two years ago, and God bless him, 44 years recovery, but cancer you know, there's some opponents you just can't defeat. Thank God uh, Jack died 
a sober man, fully committed, 44 years of sobriety. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, this was the man I trusted back in 1986 to walk me through the steps, to help me understand. And so Jack and I had a wonderful relationship. And so he had, we, we, we had looked at step one and step two that I had done with Max and step three. So Jack really picked me up when I was moving on to step four and step five. So Jack was there to help me with step four, which is very important. So when you're going into step five and you know, you know, eventually you're going to need to get there, even as you're approaching step three and going into step four, whoever is going to assist you in step four might be the best person to share your step five with. That way they're they're there to help you massage and understand and write down and really release those secrets onto paper or record or whatever is going to work best for you. We have options, right? So, so have that person be in step four who you're going to want to be in step five. Now, if if you're very religious, if you have a priest, an imam, a rabbi, a pastor, go to them. They are trained professionals. If you if you have a therapist who's very, very empathetic, and most therapists are, and, and you really want to release to them, by all means, whoever you choose to share these things with, make sure there is some accountability moving forward. And you're also... Remember that you're choosing them for the right reasons. Remember that we're selfish and self-centered by nature. We have lived a life where we've rationalized, we minimized, and we denied our condition. So now when we come into this honesty, this self-awareness, this self, this revelation, this sharing, this releasing, this letting go that step five represents, make sure that whoever we let go to, our motives are correct for doing them. And I found it important to have someone who would continually be a part of my life. Because obviously, once I release in step five and I let go in step five, then a lot of those shortcomings and defects of character that we find in step six and seven will be identified in steps four, released in step five, and then continue to drill down as we understand what is a defect of character what is a shortcoming, right? A defect of character is I got a flat tire. A shortcoming is I don't have a spare. That's how it was explained to me. So so the defects of character are things that, that have taken root in me that are a result of my, my inventory in step four. And the shortcomings are not having the proper tools necessary to, to deal with them and overcome them and identify them and we grow and we and we build in strengths and, and we make other changes. Uh, but those are obviously for the next couple of weeks. The most important thing about step five is honesty, self-reflection, trust, and accountability. I really believe that when we approach step five, on one hand, it may be the most difficult step we do, 
But as we are going through it and understanding the necessity for long-term sobriety and peace of mind, we will understand the release that it affords us. Remember, step four, we might say we don't need to do because we're filled with pride or we're afraid to do it because we don't like what we're going to find. Once we overcome those things, step five can be harder to take, but as we are taking it, we realize the importance and the necessity for it and it becomes easier just because of those reasons. Again, accountability is the key here. And I believe it is vital for recovery to take place, to take root, and to grow deep within our recovered life. I hope that helps. I hope you dig step five. I hope you're actively involved in the program. I hope today helped you further understand the importance of step five and why we do it and really even how to do it a little bit more effectively. There's so many more answers out there and I hope your your middle name is more like mine is and you dig and you dig and you dig and you want to find more information that you can more effectively incorporate into your life so you can become even more well or as Tom Bennett would say, weller than the well, right? Hey, follow me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy at The Recovery Guy on Facebook. Go to my website, recoveryguy.org. If you're finding me through your major, uh, a major podcast channel or you find me through the website and we're not on your favorite major podcast channel, let me know so Jonathan can add it to our lineup. So just make it easier for you. Don't forget to share. Sharing is caring. I was messaging one of my friends today and I said, you know what, just make sure you share your sobriety, your recovery with someone and you will have accomplished the greatest thing that you can accomplish today. Thank you so much for your continual support. Let me know if you're looking for a life or a sober coach. If you're looking to give a contribution, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash recovery guy. Or you can find that link through my website, recoveryguy.org. Uh, you can also go to Venmo at Robert-Pardon-3 to give a one-time donation. Whatever you do, share your message of hope because sharing is caring. And as I love to say, we got sick apart, but we got well together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.